Good evening, and welcome to this week's broadcast of Life's Tough, You Can Be Tougher. We had our premiere broadcast a few weeks ago, and since then, we've been off and running. I'm Dustin Planholt, your host. This is a show about life and purpose. It's about the stories we all have. Everyone, when you think about it, has a story. Some stories may sound more riveting than others. That's to be expected. Not every story, after all, is the basis for a blockbuster movie. Yet when you think about your own story, the most important thing to consider is what you will do with it. Or, to put it another way, what will your legacy be? We're looking forward to another terrific show this evening with two special guests, my co-host, Oren Stewart, and boxing legend, Evander Holyfield. Yes, indeed, without question, we have some inspiring individuals joining us tonight. We're broadcasting, of course, from the Alston Carlisle Studio in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, let's first welcome, returning here to our studio, Orrin Stewart, host of The O-Factor. Hello, Orrin. Hey, Dustin. How are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful, Orrin. Thank you, man, for having me on again. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Yes, indeed. And yes, as I alluded to before, the champ himself, Evander, the real deal Holyfield, is about to call in. How you doing? How are you, sir? With our team. And by the way, just to remind folks, Evander is a member of the International Boxing Hall of Fame. He's the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time. He's become the first boxer to win the heavyweight title four different times. Before he turned pro, Evander won a bronze medal at the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles. I was one years old at this time. <laughs> he became world heavyweight champion the first time in 1990 when he beat Buster Douglas. Two years later, he lost the title in a fight with Riddick Bowe. It was his first loss in 29 professional fights. Then he won it back the following year in a rematch with Bo. During his stellar boxing career, which ran from 1984 to 2011, Evander compiled an outstanding record of 44 wins, 10 defeats, and 2 draws, with 29 of his wins coming by knockout. Think of that. A professional, professional boxing career that spanned across three decades. Wow. That's unheard of. That is awesome. Hello, Evander. Great to talk to you and welcome to Life's Tough. So, Evander, I heard you're making a comeback. <laughs> no, not that kind of comeback. You, oh, you don't want to do it, huh? <laughs> not in boxing. Not Man, in boxing. I, I got to tell you, Evander, after hearing what you've been through, hearing your journey just in, in the ring, how did you keep going? Well, uh, you, know, you know, I like winning, but I, I knew that I... I wasn't going in on a loss, you know, and, but I was trying to be, I was trying to be the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world again. And I, I wanted to bring it together before I got out, but I wasn't able to do that. That's, that's awesome. Um, can you remember the very first fight that you had and, and, and the feeling, the butterflies and all of the uh, uh, things that they say we go through in our first up at bat? Yes. I, I remember, uh, my first fight, uh, I was uh, nine years old. I just turned nine. Hmm. But when I was eight years old, I was, I t the coach told me that I could be like Muhammad Ali. 
Wow. And hmm. so, I, you know, I, you know, he said, what do you think? I told him I had to ask my mom. <laughs> I went home and asked my mom, and she said I could. And so this man told me, he said, okay, then, in two days you're going to fight. And, and, you know, it's simple instruction. He said, now, when the bell ring, I want you to run out as fast as you can and hit that guy in the head. <laughs> and when I looked over at the kid, his coach told him to hit me in my nose. Oh, man. Mm. You know, the heart started beating real fast. <laughs> you know what? And, and we both ran out there, and he closed his eyes. I didn't close my eyes. I hit him right in the face. Oh, wow. So he, how, how did you do God. that? How do you keep him? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we can say, so you knew that was the time, right? You know, we both ran out there. Yeah. We both ran out there, and, you know, and, and you know, he, he closed his eyes. I didn't. And I hit him first, and, and he started crying. And they stopped the fight. Oh, man. And my coach told me, you took your first step in being the heavyweight champion of the world. Wow. And, and man, and it was just a great feeling. And that trophy that I took home meant a lot to everybody, my family, and everybody was so happy. And I had to do it. I, you know, I, I wanted to do it again. And I did it again. And, and, um, and my career took off. So we say you got bit by the boxing bug, huh? So it was in, in a sense. In a but sense, it was more because um, yeah, it was more in a sense. You know, I, my mama, my mama. I was the youngest at nine, and I got in so much trouble, and it was boxing. Gotcha. Hmm. <laughs> so that's that's what I wanted to do. Wow. So Vander, obviously, every single day, you and I. Uh, you bless me. Every day you send me a message or messages. Your philosophy for living a good and balanced life, when did it come to you? Well, you know, my grandmother, you know, I, I, I get, you know, I, I should get three whoopings a day. Hmm. You know, as a kid, you know, I get a whooping in the morning. Then I get in school, if I do something wrong in school and I get a whooping, then they call my mom, then I get another one. And it was just one of them things that, and it bothered my grandmother to my grandmother started helping me. She said, let me help you. I love you because when your mama hit you, she hit me. Hmm. <laughs> so my grandmother started practicing on all these things that was necessary and not getting whooping. And it was all about revenge because hmm. they, they will always do something to me first and they would catch me coming after somebody. And so, so my grandmama said they always get, they always gonna catch the second person. She said, no, if you don't start it, don't you do it <laughs> like that?" And you know, when it when it turned out, what she was saying was right. You know, because people do something to you, then they run, then they catch you running behind the person. So you know? true. So it's very certain they catch the first person, but they gonna catch the person who's trying to get revenge all the time. Yeah, sounds like your grandma was your uh, first coach. You know, when you think about um, having someone that speaks positivity into our lives to make the best decisions, that's awesome. Well, yeah, but you know, it's I'm some, you know, I, it, it was, but it was it, my, when it all come down. My mom, my mom would always tell me the mistakes that she made, so she wanted me to be better than her. It's amazing that when parents want kids to be better than them, my mother said, "I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be better." Yeah. So. So she was telling me all the mistakes before it happens. You know, my grandmama had that. My grandmama and my mother 
that thing where if you don't get no habit, you ain't got to worry about breaking them. And so this is what allowed me to be the person who I am because I didn't I didn't pick up a lot of bad things. You know, I it was just easy not to. My mama kind of made it out each and every day. Wow. So do you think for you this made you, which you just said it made you, but it made you tougher? Well, it, it, it took away the little things that, that bothered a lot of people, the people in bondage to people. You know, you know, I was a kid that my mama told me, I'm your mom, I'm not their mom. You can't do everything that everybody do. You know, it's amazing, you know. Kids don't ask if they're right or wrong. They, they, if they see somebody they age doing it, they want to do it. Yeah, they follow. If they look like fun, no, not with my mom. My mom didn't play that. She said, I'm your mom. <laughs> <laughs> like that, you know. And you and, say you say you're the uh, so youngest I, of nine, right? I was youngest of nine. Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's a big. That's big amazing. Family. Yeah. Now, were you the toughest in the home? <laughs> No, I know I wasn't. You know, it's like I would, I would try. You know, I was that kid trying to find my spot, and 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 my mama told me your day gonna come, because I used to use excuses. I was, well, my mama the youngest. My mama said you the youngest just family, but you're not the youngest. People born every day. Don't wow. sit here giving yourself the excuse that it's okay for you to think that you're the youngest, you're the smallest, son. You ain't the youngest, and you're not the smallest. You're never going to be the biggest, and you're never going to be the smallest. Wow. <laughs> when it all comes down, she's right. You know, because people looking for excuse something to hold on to, feel good about, not give me all. Wow. So, then, so how have you overcome fear? I mean, I've seen your matches. You've you've faced off against some, some people that I wouldn't even get close to. Yet you looked at them. How did you find a way to overcome fear? I mean, for everyone listening in, including myself, fear... Fear doesn't doesn't allow you to get in the ring. How did you do it, and how do you do it? Well, you know, with with me, it's real simple. I, my mom, I'm you talking about daily, daily that my brothers and sisters. I mean, you know, you know, I it's it's, it's it almost like saying, "Why would you do this to me? You're bigger than me. Why are you?" My mom said, "You, why are you doing up there if you go if you worry about getting if, if you're gonna be in it, be in it." If you're not, you already made the excuse. Why are you going out there? You making up excuses. My mother took all the all the excuses away, and I think that anytime parents love their kids so much, they take the excuses away. The kids gonna be successful eventually. Very true. My mama said, "Your day is coming." Hmm. And eventually, man, when I, you know, you know, when I got away from my brothers and sisters, from when I went to the boys' club, boys' club put you in an age. So, you know, I was six years old. I found that I was better than the kids that were eight. Because my mama took all the excuses. It wasn't about time. You're going to be in that, you're going to be in it. Don't sit here and make up all the excuses, looking for a reason to to make us feel when they were big, they were this. And my mom said, what you doing out there then? Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of, and and the coach that I had kind of felt just like my mama. Well, but I never met nobody tougher than my mom. Wow. And so I, this is what made life kind of better because I was accustomed to it. Because <laughs> this is what my mama goes to say when I'm at home with my mama. 
<laughs> like this, but I can kind of like not do what the what the coaches tell me to do. Most of them what my mama's and that I can't. My mama tell me to do it. I got to do it. So she had already instilled it. They just were uh, confirming it. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Gotcha. Wow. Exactly. And, and, and so Evander, was there that one moment that you just knew she was proud of you? Oh, of course. You know when I, you know, I, you know, when when I, when I brought that trophy home, and before then I just used to get these whooping and just say, but my brothers and sisters them see the they know that he's in trouble again. He <laughs> in trouble again, and so you know they they know that if I get in trouble, then that that flame of fire may may catch on to them. Come on. If, if my, my mama found out that I got in trouble and my brothers and sisters knew that I got in trouble, they ain't said nothing, they gonna get it too. Hmm. So it's almost like they realized if I was in trouble, they was in trouble. So, you know, they, so it, it was tight-knit family and my mama knew that if y'all, y'all sitting here laughing at him, laughing, and, you know, and, and she talking to her mom. You better believe if he in trouble, you in trouble too. And so, you know, they, if it wasn't for my brothers and sisters as well, my mama wouldn't know how bad I would. I wouldn't get all these whippers. Mm. But they know if they didn't tell, my mama going to get them too when she find out. Wow. Wow. So. So back then. That happened. Yeah. So, so back then and, and as well as today, who was the strong male figure in your life? Was there a Sherpa? Was there someone who mentored you? Well, I, I had I had quite a few because you know I went to the boys' club, and of course when I played football, uh, this coach named Charlie Singleton, uh, he had and 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 Charles Pennington, he he's another guy that helped me. Then in boxing, it was uh, Carter Morgan, hmm. and so the boys' club had these different people in these different fields, but it was also an our sportsmanship. What kind of attitude you had to have. And so pretty much the things they were saying, my mom already had it, had it lined up for it. I noticed that, you know, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and all this. I realized when grown-up talk to you, you don't just pat them on the arm and talking and trying to talk with them. You wait till your turn. and all that. There's a lot of things that my mama had already had me set up for. But it was, the, but the three main things: listen, follow direction, don't quit, give your all. And so these are the things that allow me to be the person who I am. Wow, I'll tell you something, um, Evander. This is this is Orrin speaking. Um, I concur, man. I, I, that, that's something that I instill in my kids as well. I have five young kids, and I tell them all the time, follow directions, listen, and pay attention. And those are, you know, significant keys to life. So I appreciate you sharing it. That confirms for me that I'm doing the right thing. Would you say within um, those, those lessons that were instilled when you were young, and I was reading a little bit about you and your commitment to training, were those some of the things that really you held near and dear to um, uh, your profession as you grew and went through? Yes, because, you know, the thing is, it's amazing that when you get a little older, you get 16 and 17, and how peer pressure when somebody, oh, you mama boy. You know, I didn't care. Yeah. Because they couldn't whoop me. My mama can't. What did you say? You didn't want to deal with her, right? What's that? Ain't that like, it's like this. You know, even when I, 
I had a fight that was so tough. I was this this, this white kid. His name was Cecil Collins. Cecil Collins had beat me twice, and and then I you know. But the thing is, is that I guess what bothered me more than him beating me is what my brother them would told me because my brother them told me white boys couldn't fight. He said, now they may be smart, but they can't fight. But you know, I knew. I knew that they were wrong because this guy Cecil Collins on beat me twice, and I, you know. And, but I, but they don't they didn't come to the fight, so they didn't know. So so my secret was that I knew that you know white boys can fight some of them at least. <laughs> <laughs> we say Cecil could fight, right? Yes. <laughs> have you run into Cecil? Have you heard about Cecil? Yeah, Any word from Cecil? Well, but you know, Matter of fact, when I beat Mike Tyson in 1996, when I come home, you know, I hadn't seen Cecil since 13. Wow. So when I come home, I come in, and and the guy's sitting right there. And everybody go, and I go, man, that's Cecil Collins. And everybody said, how you know you ain't seen him since 13? I thought, oh, my God, the first white boy that beat you up twice. Yes, indeed. I said, he the first person beat me twice. And and when they asked him, he said, "Well, he became popular because every time somebody interview, I would tell him that I would tell him this. I said, see some calling. I said, this guy beat me twice, man. I said, I finally, I finally got him the third time. <laughs> like this, I just didn't quit, and 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 I finally got him the third time. Uh, Again, he didn't box anymore after that time. Then all of a sudden, you know, I, it was pretty much just like my mama said." If you don't quit, you'll keep growing. And so, you know, setback pays the way for a comeback. Yeah. And as long as you're willing to get back in there, you, you're the one that's going to be the very best. And, um, and that's what it did. That's a good lesson, I tell you. That's a great lesson. So, Vanner, who would you say the toughest person or persons you know? Uh, I would say I was a deep, deep toughest person. Me was my mom, my my mom, you know, she passed now, but she she passed and uh, she passed in in nineteen ninety six. But you know, I'm like, I never, I never been anywhere that I had more pressure than what my mama would put me on. Wow. My mama put that pressure on me. Ooh, I I know when she shows up. <laughs> I better be standing up straight, sitting down right, and all that. I'm like, you know, that's when you know that. You got that. You got that parent that not just want to. They want to see the kids better than them, and and that's what you really have to want for your kids to take it to the next level. Definitely agreed. W- within this day and time that we live now, what would you say um, are some of the the pointers that we could share with parents that you know your mom instilled in you back then that could help uh, young people see things a lot lot better than they're doing. Well, right? I, I, I think the, the betterment of it that parents can have to, they, they have not to be afraid to be able to tell the kids the mistakes they made. I agree. Because you're telling them, you, 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 you got to tell the kids how not to make the mistakes because you got to understand how they got you, you know, how your friends got you into this stuff. And, cause, cause, and, so, and my, my mom was just trying to say, you know, 
trying to, you know, everything that's fun is not right. You know what, Pete? You know, when you're a kid, they say, hey, man, let's go have some fun. Don't nobody ever ask what, what kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. My grandma, my grandma was trying to tell me, no, 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 no. When they ask you, let's go have fun, you find out what kind of fun. Because everything they call fun is not right. Very true. If you don't want that whooping, like that's so, so, the, so the parents are going to be able to let their kids know that they made mistakes too. Yeah. If my mother was always telling me the mistakes that she made, she said, boy, I made this mistake where you don't have to make And she said, you're going to be so far ahead. You're going to be so proud. When you... Like I said, you know, my, my mom even told me she was poor for me to be rich. And, I, and I'm like, you know, you know, but, you know, but at the age that she told me, I was a kid, I can't say, no, mama, you wrong. You, 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 but that don't sound right. I, I knew I would get two up. So I heard and when the, all of a sudden, when I get 15 to 16 years old, I didn't make those mistakes that my mom made. Yeah. Mm. She wanted me to be better. So so anytime my mom said, let me tell you, I love you. When somebody loves you, they don't want you to be like them. They want you to be better. That's what love is. Mm. You will make the same mistake. My mom said, you'll make some, but you won't make the ones that I made. You'll be a lot further. You tell your kids and show them the things that they need to do that's necessary to be successful, then they won't make the ones that you make. But it takes, you know, it takes good parents to stick to it. You Sounds know, like that I, open line I, of communication. I that, well, it's, it's an open line, but it's one of these things that they know who the boss is. Yes, yes, very true. You know, I, you know, I, I remember when I was getting ready to fight that guy, Cecil Collins, uh, the third time. And I thought that he didn't come to the fight because I brought a five-pound weight that whatever weight that Cecil Collins was going to be in, I wasn't going to be in. I had already knew I couldn't beat him. Hmm. So I brought a five-pound weight. But since he didn't, sh- I didn't think that he was there, I, I got in my regular weight. And, and then when it came down to third, I had to fight him. And man, and I was crying. I was mad. And I, and I started praying because I knew that, and the people said, well, you don't have to fight him, but, but my mom was going, I'm going to get a whooping if I don't fight him. My mom going to ask what happened, and to find out that I didn't fight this guy, I knew I won't have a, I'm going to get a whooping with my mama. At least I can hit Cecil Collins back. That's the only good thing about <laughs> I can hit So what you're saying is that was your fuel to, to beat everybody else. Yeah, that was the fuel, man. Yeah, I I said that one again. I can try to beat them. I can't try to beat my mama. If, when I'm getting a whipping, I got to put my hand down. I got to take these slicks. <laughs> yeah, At least yeah. I can try to beat Cecil. And so that, that's what the difference is the respect that you have for your parents to know that, you know, what you can do and what you cannot. You can try to win. Yeah. That's better than not. So, and this is what my mother, my mother told me. She said, son, it's. It's not the size of the person. It's what's in them. <laughs> what's in them? What's going to make you? What's going to make you want to hit that person back who hits you hard? You know, I mean, you know, you know, you hit a person, they hit you harder. That makes you stop. So the whole big thing is that you got to go to the next level. Okay, at least I can hit him back. I go home. I can't hit nobody. <laughs> I can't hit nobody back. So as many punches as you've taken, do they all hurt? No, no. You know, 
odds in the game than boxing is if you get hit, then it's your fault because you ain't look quick enough. You for the dodges like this. So and so if you so you ain't if you wasn't supposed to get hit, you got hit. This is the reason why you get mad. But you know, if you don't move, you're gonna get hit. So it is a game. You 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 treat it like it is. It's a game. You know what? If I don't move my head, he hit me. But if it hit me, then I need to throw three more and hit him. Blah, blah, blah. You want to get the last lick. Because the person who gets the last lick, the other person gets to think about how hard he hit. So it's better to give than receive. Get, hit him last. Yeah. Well, well, you know, in general, you got, you know, you know, you, you ain't. I don't think nobody's just standing there to see, testing how, how, how hard it hurts. Because it all, that would call you, make you skin if you. Thinking about how hard this guy gonna hit, you just got to know that I can take it. Anything that is given to me, I can take it because I'm strong, I'm in shape, I'm in conditioning. Hmm. See, that's the whole art of game is you training to be able to be able to stand, being able to stand the pressure. You know, if you can stand it, your chance of winning gonna always be great. Would you cons- would you consider yourself um, having been a defensive fighter or an offensive fighter? If that, if I'm even asking well, that question, I would question say, oh, well, I'm from that. It, it, you know, I'm from you have to have both. Yeah, okay. But I was, I was an offensive fighter because the fact of the matter, if you have to, that's the only way you're going to have a great chance to win. Gotcha. It's because you know, even if you don't get knocked out, you may not get the decision. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so, so true. If it come down, if it come down to the thing, if you, if you, if you, if you sitting up there, well, I lasted. Well, that's it. That, you ain't take no chance to win. It's the only time you really get hit a lot of time when you're trying to hit somebody else. So so you have to make sure that I want to win. So that means I got to swing. You got you got a lot of people who are very defensive and all this. Ain't no getting hit. But their chance of winning going to be, become slim because somebody's going to be just as fast as them. Yeah. If they have to stay on defense too long, they're not going to win the fight. Yeah, that's very true. That's very you true. You got to score. Yeah, I was thinking when, right when you said score, I was thinking that because I'm, I'm I'm a lover of basketball, and it's like you can defend the ball all day long, but if you're not seeking to score the ball, nobody you have no chance at win. That's a great point. Great, that's a great lesson in life. Well, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just what the Bible said. You had to be on offense, baby. Yes, and, yes, indeed. Always. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, I, and I'm glad you went into that direction. I wanted to ask you something in regards to your faith. Um, you know, as a fellow Christian myself, how would you say God found you, Evander? When you think about just your relationship with God, how did how did that come about? Well, it, it, as, a, as a kid, you know, by me being the youngest one, and my brother and sister, they was able to. They was they had friends, and I didn't have friends. So when it was time to go to church, they had somewhere to go. They could go over to somebody else's house. I didn't have nobody else to go over to, and I was scared to be by myself. So I went to church and. And so I keep hitting, hitting them, talking about talking about the Lord and all this, and and my grandma will make me go up and confess. <laughs> I would have to go confess all the things that I've done wrong and all this, like that. It was kind of embarrassing, but I did that for a while. Then I I remember when I got a little older, and and the pastor started talking about he started talking about young people. And he, he, he said some things about the older people, saying, you know, older people already know already know what direction they're going in. 
It's this young people is the one that leads other young people. And said, who in the one was in any answer? Who who wanna help? Who wanna help Jesus? Who wanna help all the people wanna help Jesus? So my grandma looked at me and she told me that means I gotta put my hand up. So <laughs> so I you know, I want I want I wanna I wanna I wanna help the Lord. Yeah. So when well, you wanna help the Lord to help other people. So it's saying if you at a young age, a lot of people follow young people. Very true. So so the whole big thing is uh I wanted to be the example. And so, you know, you know, I wanted, you know, somehow I always, I often laugh in the center, but I always want to be the first to do something. I tell you. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I wanted, I wanted to be great. Yeah. And I would, and I would ask my grandma, I said, why can't I just be perfect? I had to walk to God. He, he turned on, why he just say, make me perfect? And I just be perfect. And won't be do nothing wrong and everything like this, but you know, as a, you know, as a young kid, this is what you you think. But you find that that the one who loves you, they love you by all the mistakes you made, show you how much God loves you. And so, if you were right, if you were right in everything, you feel that you don't need God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But 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 the mistakes that you make, God get the credit. Get credit because you didn't quit. So you showing the people, well, yeah, yeah, you can do it because God will forgive you and give you another chance. So even in my Boston career, when um, my Boston career, when it didn't turn out like I wanted it to turn out, I wanted to be perfect. <laughs> I want to be perfect, but then when more and more I got into the Word of God, I started realizing and. And my grandma would tell me, she says, if a lot of people feel that they can be like you because you weren't perfect. Yeah. And you made a lot of mistakes. And so you give people hope. Because you have to talk about how you had to pray and ask the Lord to help you. Yeah. And, and you got people who feel that they don't need God because they don't need no help. So I knew that I had enough problems where I need God every time because I will always... I'm always in a position that I want to be the very best. And somehow the guy sometimes taller, shorter, thicker, and all the all the things look like this, but God said, you fear not. And so, you know, but all my whole life when 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 I was when that first fight uh, I think Caesar Collins was the first fighter that, that I ever told Jesus to help me. Wow. And my friend them laughed at me. He calling Jesus. And 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 my coach told me, said, I just wait to tell you, you know, if you cry, they'll stop the fight. He said, give your best. And that was my first time ever asking Jesus to help me in a fight. Now but now how I learned that Jesus worked really <laughs> when my mama was whooping me. My mama whooping me and I said, Jesus my mom would stop, but she was she was so mad, but she went and she didn't swing. Yeah. Hmm. And like this, and I, that's when I know that if Jesus can stop my mom, wow. <laughs> we, we say you can use I'm going to ask her help. We say you had a direct line, yeah. right? You could use it whenever you need it. I, um, I wanted to yeah. point out one thing that Perfect. I know. Good. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, I was saying it was one thing I was re- I was actually looking and I remember a fight um, that you maybe you wore them all the time. But on your um, on the waistband, Psalms one twenty one two, 
and the fact that it says my help comes from the Lord. So I think about what you're talking about now and you always represented, you've always represented your faith and, and definitely uh, stood firm on knowing where your help comes from. So I just wanted to say, um, you know, in, in, in acknowledging that, that's amazing. And you're, you're giving us and our listeners an opportunity to, to understand the backstory of where that comes from. So I appreciate, I personally appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's like, you know, this, my mama always, my mama would always tell me, I'm your mama. I'm not nobody else, mama. I'm your mama. And she said, son, I love you. I'm going to tell you what's best for you. Like this. So, so, so it's good for parents to be able to open up and, and get, the, get the kids in to say, look, hey, even though I made this mistake, I don't want you have to make the same one. This one, if you if you don't if you don't dip and dab, and then you ain't got to worry about breaking that. So you know, I have a lot of people right today say, "Man, you you still in good shape?" Uh, yeah, because I talk it what my mama said. My mama said, "You know what? If you don't break that, you don't have to fix it." You know, if if I've been boxing all these years, so you know, they teach you how to eat, what to eat, and all of this. So for me to just stop doing that, that means that I'm lazy. Yeah. Because you know what to do and won't do it. And so the, the, the thing is, is that this is the reason why you go to school. You go to school and they teach you this and all that. When you when the person says, oh, I'm a lawyer. Now that I'm, I'm retired, I ain't reading no more. I read <laughs> enough for all of that. And so everything's so rescinded. <laughs> so in training, that's how it is. You're in shape and all that, but then when you stop training, you, you start you start you start reclining. Yeah, yeah. And so these are the things that you know people have to be able to tell kids on a day to day basis. You, you know, anything that you're doing, you're picking up a habit. You know, you got to find out if it's good or bad. So true. Because God, this is what life can be. Yeah. By the habits you keep picking up. Yeah, that's a good point. So, Evander, um, inside the ring, everybody knows you. Outside of the ring, what would you say for you is the most, uh, what are you most proud of? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm more proud of my relationship with Jesus. And I'm, I'm proud that, that my mama, at a young age, always telling me about Jesus. Then my grandmama, even even more so, because my grandmother, she, you know, she said I was her heart. So, so. Hmm. So I was kind of convinced that when when I got a whooping, she started crying too. And so and so with both of them, I never would have been who I am if you know from my mama would you know my mama wouldn't even listen when she got mad when she used to go off. And my grandma was different. My grandma would listen to everything. I you know she's and she would she would she would go over. Okay, then this is what we're gonna have to do. See, because if you do this, this is the reason you're going to get hit. So I found that I was in a lot of whooping because I didn't know that girls girls would put me in a situation to get get get, get a whooping because the girls would hit me on the head with a pencil. Then they would run up there by the teacher, and I wasn't knowledgeable enough to know that when I'm running right up there by the teacher getting ready to hit them, and I get in trouble. <laughs> So I tell my grandma, I said, well, she said, what happened? I said, 
she hit me. She ran up there to the teacher, and I run up there, and they called me. The teacher said, "You know, you don't supposed to hit girls and all that." I but my mama always told me, if "They big enough to pass a lick, you big enough to take one." That means that I was the youngest one in the family. So when I hit somebody, if I didn't think I was going, you know, if I used to hit everybody, and when nobody hit me back, so, so my mama told them and said, "If you big enough to pass a lick, you big enough to take one." So my brothers and sisters started hitting me, but when they couldn't wait till that day, they got to hit me, man. Hmm. And they hit me so hard and all this and stuff. So so I thought, you know, what my mama said, if you hit me, I got to hit you back. And so this is what happened. So that's what I said. So my grandma was able to stop me for chasing these girls. My, my grandma said, they like you. I said, if they like me, they would have hit me in the head with a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> so my grandma was like, did it hurt? I said, well, well, no, man, then why you run out of my house? Because Mama said, if they hit me, hit them back. <laughs> so my grandmama said, okay, then, let me tell you something. Revenge is the Lord now. Now, if it don't hurt, don't chase them. But if it hurt, then you can then you can go hit them back. So the girl hit me. It didn't hurt, so I didn't chase it. From that day on, the the, the girl knew she and she hit me with a pencil. It didn't hurt. I wasn't going and I wasn't going and I wasn't going to run at her. So she didn't think I liked her because because she thought that was a part of liking. She was giving you, you love know, taps. You, you, you <laughs> do something, yeah, yeah, and you know, and I'm running like this, trying to get her back, and I didn't even know. And I was, you know, and at that age, you know, 11, 12 years old. I didn't even like, you know, back then, I remember when we hold hands. All the boys were hold hands. We wouldn't hold the hand with the girl. You know, it was just random things. That I know, you know, my mom said, no, 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 you know, stay away from them girls. They don't get you in trouble. Wow. They so, get you in trouble. They're going to try to run things. <laughs> yes. So, Vander, when you were once asked to comment about your 1996 fight with Mike Tyson, which you won, you said, life is not about what you've done. It's about what you've done today. And he didn't have a lot of fights that made him yep. have to be in great shape like that. When he fought me, we fought each and every round pretty hard. I won, of course, on a condition standpoint. Is that a philosophy of yours that you apply to your overall life? Well, you know, the, the thing is, you know, each and every day, every day stands for itself. And, you know, it's an open thing. If, if you don't get behind, you don't have to catch up. And that's what the problem that I found that a lot of that people have, man, they try to figure out how they can do the less work but get the big award. No, but you you don't want to, you know, my mama said, no, no, you got to check yourself, son. You don't want to get behind because you get behind, you got to catch up. You know, you don't want to be behind. And see, you know, so that means that each and every time I, I went out there, I tried to win the first round. I tried to win the second. <laughs> I, you know, one of the things I hear, I'm like, you know, wherever we stop, where they, wherever they stop, I want to be in the head. And, you know, that's the only way I know I can win. And all because it ain't no for sure that, that, that you can. If the guy gets the momentum, what's going to happen? He may run out of gas. He may not. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, I had played, I had played all of them position at some point in time. And it's amazing, you know, you know, um, you know, even when I got older, the guy's reflex was a little faster than mine. I said, oh my goodness, I'm going to 
I'm always going to be the first one to get that lick in. I'm always going to be able to get that last one in too. And and, and then all of a sudden it comes to a time where you you, you got to outthink people. You got to outthink them. But when you get older, you can. But when you're younger, my mama says, son, you know, the youth is your strength now. You got to use what you have now. They may be strong and all that. That don't mean that they can beat you. You got to use what God giving you. Youth is your strength. So I use that. That was my, my saying when I called George Foreman. I'm like, huh? he said, oh, man, when he hits you. I said, yeah, but he's doing booty, but I'm throwing a lot of rocks. I'm like, a lot of them. <laughs> so, yeah. by the way, Vander, do you own a George Foreman grill? Did that make sense? Evander, well, do, yeah. do you own a yeah, George Foreman grill? Yeah, I had one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. one right? <laughs> Did you have ever taken a picture next to it? <laughs> well, you know, you know like, the, the, thing, the thing is, is that, you know, I, I think one of the greatest things with George and I, you know, George was a Christian, too, and 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 everybody said, what's going to happen? Who Whose side God going to be on? And so they asked me, I said, well, I said, well, I said, that's mean God gave everybody the time. I said, now, he older than me, right? I said, he been champion before, right? They said, well, yeah. I said, so what that mean? His time is over. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to fight. And, and he proved his point. He says he wasn't too old to, uh, too old to, uh, to, to, to set a new goal. And his goal was to be the heavyweight champion of the world. And you think about it now. He come in, the guy that beat me, he came and knocked him out. Wow. <laughs> so that means that he's not out here. I'm telling you, you, know, you have to not give up. I'm telling you, he didn't give up. And he ended up and, 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 and beat Mike Boyer and become the heavyweight champion of the world just like he said. I'm saying, but it just went his turn with me. <laughs> and, and I think that's when it all comes down, you know, if God says He gonna do something, He gonna do it. Now it's up, it's up to you to believe it. That's very if true. If you don't believe what the Word of God says, then you're not gonna get it because what you chose not to believe, you got to put it in effect. And so you know, I'm so you know, as a kid, I you know, after I knew that God went, and I told Him, I said, "Help me." And my mom wouldn't hit me no more. I knew that He worked. I was going to heat all the wine in this world. We say that, that di- direct connect. Co- yes, indeed. That direct connect relationship. Yeah. Question for you. Um, yeah. If yeah. you had, if you had to do it over again, what, what, what other profession would you maybe have picked or would you stick with the one that you, uh, that you chose or that either chose you? Well, it's obvious that I, I was, I was like boxing. I, I love football. That football was my, my sport. I loved it because I like people. Yeah. And somehow boxing is a lonely sport because you got to get in there yourself. You, 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 you know, you get all the fame by yourself and sometimes that can be too much. Uh, you know, it's all the time you by yourself. Sometimes it'd be overwhelming and all this, but you can't tell nobody. And what I liked about football, you got somebody else doing it. You got somebody else motivated. You know, you know when people come together, they, you can do things. So true. And so, you know, I, I like team sports because I came from a big family. I remember that we probably the poorest people in the neighborhood, but everybody started crying when we went in the house because they ain't had nobody to play with. <laughs> <laughs> so we went in the house. We played in the house. We, we had all 
we played all different types of games. I, it's, it's amazing that I was caught up in people. Yeah, wow. You know, I, I and you know, I'm, I'm one of the type of people that I love people, and so you know, I'm saying even though people have shortcomings, my mom is so we have to team up, we have to work together, and so and that's what life is really about. You know. You cannot sit here and let your brother fall off. If your brother fall off, that's just like you falling off too. That's so true. Like that. So 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 I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for my brothers and sisters. If it wasn't my brothers and sisters, I w I've been see, I've been worse than them probably. Wow. But because the whooping that my mama put on them for them for they they know if my mama look at me, I start talking. Because <laughs> 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 I figured she could do that to them, they that bigger, and they were so much bigger than me. And, and so, as my mom could do that to me, I just knew I was gonna get killed. Oh man! So, you know, yeah. So, I, so they had me in line, so I did the right thing. So that's reason it was so easy for me to help my brothers and sisters. That because I would, I would be who I am. If my mom only got two eyes, yeah. She, tell you the moral of the story what i get from it is spare the rod spoil the child and i know you uh <laughs> well, you, you're absolutely right and yeah. my mama and my mama did not did not spare that rod not at all and and all my brothers and sisters you know what I'm saying? And they, when you talk about it take a a town to raise somebody it really do because if it wasn't for the boys club itself who 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 I didn't cost a quarter to, get to, to join the boys club. I didn't have a quarter. This late in this hawking game, this high quarter. This is how this is how I got in the boys club. And it wasn't that man Carter Mark, and it wasn't the boys club people. They like winning so much that they would come pick me up and and give me a ride and all this and stuff. And my mom would tell us that if his schoolwork is not done, she's coming back. <laughs> so. When I'd be on the football field, if mama there, oh, hit me down for mama, then I got to come. And my mama said, I make it second. The second time always going to be harder than the first time. Like this is so, so everybody was there. Look at Danny, did you sure you did everything? Because you know it's your mama. Your mama come down there to the field. She making you get off right now. And I just said, my mama made it second time hardest so, for, for me. So you do the thing right the first time. You ain't got to worry about the second time. And so, you know, it's about just paying attention, getting attention, you know. And when 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 parents kind of make it feel that, when parents kind of make it feel that it's all right as a kid to be like that, my mama said, I care. My mama told me, I care what type of man you're going to be. I, I don't care what type of child, because that's going to stop real quickly. I care what, what type of man you're going to be. So talking so, about ta mama, talking about your mama, son. Uh, the NFL uh, uh, and, and Elijah. Yeah, right? uh, Elijah. Yeah, he's the real deal. Well, you know, yeah, Elijah. Elijah really he was, he was quite different from from uh, from 
all these brothers and sisters, he he tend to work hard. He worked harder than than the rest of them. I'm talking, and and he asked to do it. Not he, he not like you said, come on, Elijah, you got to run. Elijah's going to say, Daddy, can I run with you? <laughs> so, and everybody else get mad with him because that means they got to run too. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I tell them, it's not like he, everybody was happy about it because everybody didn't like running on this one thing. And that, and I, I realized that, you know, again, my, my mother only had a sixth grade education. She did the best that she could and all that. But, my mother said, well, who do you choose? Whoever you choose to, to be the mother of the kids, you better make sure they know something that you don't know. So with me, so I, I'm always looking to, to my mother saying, no, 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 you need somebody that if you tell them to shut up, if they shut up for real, it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. you know, that's respectful to have for people. Mm-hmm. You don't need no zero. My mother said, you don't need no zero. Don't mean that you know you you had you got to hang out with people who you respect. Yeah. And so and and Elijah is one of them type of people. He hang out with people he respect. And 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 so my mom said, you know, you know, company. You know, you can pretty much tell how far you gonna go by the people you hang out with. By the company you keep. And yeah. And, and, and yeah. And and here I am. And you know, with me, I'm like, even though. My mama didn't read, but all my friends, all my friends were very smart people. And, you know, I sit there and they, well, event, they like to hang out with me because if anything happened, I'm going to fight them. Because they, because I, I will fight hard. I won't fight for myself, but I'll fight for my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one, it one of them things that people weren't going to bother me anyway because they didn't have nothing to, to take. I ain't got no, I ain't got no extra change for nobody. So ain't nobody trying to trying to take my money. But my friends them had money, and so my friends said, come come to do the show with me. Why? Because they they know that when nobody gonna mess with them if they were with me. And so you know, so you know, so relationships kind of branch off from from being around people who know something that you don't know. And so my friends they they. My friends have always made A's and all that. I, I made C's. I made C's, but but I worked, you know. But it's not like they gave me anything. But you know, they they were expensive things to me. And um, and and you know, and I I just you just never forget where your help comes from. Yeah, and, and so Evander, former opponents have claimed you enter the ring singing. What is Evander Holyfield's playlist? Well, you know, you know, you know. With me at that time, you know, I, I, I love that gospel music. I, I love gospel music because the whole big thing that you know it let me know that this is my protection. Regardless of whatever happened to me, I ain't got to worry about what happened. Cause life's about recovery. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, you know, it don't make no difference. To be successful, you gonna get tired, but if you recover, you don't mind getting tired. Because life's about repetition. I'm the, you know, you know, uh, whatever you do, if if you can't recover, then you then you don't like it no more. So, so, so recovery is the biggest thing. So, being in good shape and all that recovery, that means that I'm willing to work hard because you know what, I'm gonna recover. Come, this is what God said, you will recover. And so, the people who who 
who have to do things a little bit more than people tend to become better than the people who, who think they smart because they only have to do it two times. Mm. But, you know, but it's a different thing. That was just a test. But the person who, person who can repeatedly learn this and do it over and over and over again, they're going to be the very best. And that's what my mom used to tell me. And I was just, and I was mad because everybody would get through with something, right? We go through that math because we had two, two patients, uh, you know, and take me the whole, the whole period and take them 15 minutes. And they say, you know, <laughs> you're so slow. You're not smart. But it just took me time to do it. But, but when I found out that, you know, you, 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 if the person who consistently in doing and doing themselves, then they'll get better at it too. They may not never get faster than a person, but they use the repetition. And people who use the repetition are always going to be on top. If they, they're going to do it again. They'll be consistent because they all on the top, you know. And, you know, sometimes you think being fast is the key to everything. Well, I was a fast runner. And the race is over quick, and that's all I can talk about, how fast I am. But when it comes to that classroom, <laughs> my mama told me, say, see, son, if you talk about how fast you are, they start talking about what they've done to you at. Then they say, you, you don't make good grades, though. And then what you have to, you have to be quiet. Now, stop bragging about what you're good at. Now, stop bragging about what they're good at. So, you know, so there's a lot of things I learned. I learned because my mama said, son, you know, this is what life is really about. But you got to be thankful what you can do. You got to, so, you know, so the whole big thing is just like me talking to kids. I would tell the kids, I said, you got to find out what you love. I said, not what you like. I said, we like a lot of things, but we're legal. But the things that we love, we're going to leave. So true. <laughs> you you got to find out what you need to love. Also, <laughs> they like. Like, you know, okay, I like that just for the moment. Yeah, oh, yeah, I like this too. Yeah, likes come and go. Yeah, likes. I always say likes come and go. You're 100 right. That is so true. And so, Vander, for for the last and final question, and, and this really goes out to the entire audience. Uh, the name of the segment and the name of the show was "Life's Tough," but a Vander Holyfield is tougher. I think what we've learned today and what we've heard is, but God's tougher. That God got a Vander Holyfield the title. Would you give us some closing remarks? Well, you, well, my my closing is this is this. Three basic things: listen, follow, rush, and don't quit. And these three things: if you do those three things, you're gonna be the very best you can be. And I and 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 that's what this what my mama told me. And 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 and, and she said, "Okay, then you know, this will show you that you love what you're doing. You do these three things: listen, follow, rush, and don't quit." And she said, "You're gonna be that when the time comes. You're gonna be there." And it's amazing. I was told at eight years old I could be the heavyweight champ of the world because I listened, followed direction, didn't quit. Twenty years later, he banned the whole field, undisputed heavyweight champ of the world. Well, I'm going to leave you with this. Your mama created a really amazing guy. She really did. Thank man. you for blessing us, Evander yeah. Holyfield. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, thank you. Yeah, to you and your mom and your grandma, man. Appreciate it. That's Shadow Elijah from us. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Pleasure talking to you. I sure will. All right. As you've heard this evening, through the stories, making your way through life is all about preparing yourself, being in touch with your own inner strength, and then having a plan and working hard to make that plan happen. 
I'm not just talking about finding success as a life coach or becoming a sports icon. Just look around. You'll see plenty of people who contend every day with life struggles and how they keep trying to make better lives for themselves. Where we are today, Evander Holyfield has given us quite a message. He's reminded us to remember where you've been, to set goals, and that every time somebody hits you, every time that life punches you, you must get back up. And that the greatest prize of all will be to say that life's tough, but I'm tougher. This about wraps up the show for this evening. I would like to thank our special guests, Oren and Evander Holyfield, for joining us and for being here with us. I'd also like to thank Melinda Davis, executive producer at Up To Me Radio, for giving the Life's Tough community an opportunity to share our life stories with you, our amazing audience. Also, special thanks to my dear friend, Gerald Levin, Life's Tough's Chiefs writer and my Sherpa. Oren, what say you? <clears throat> I do have one thing I want to read um, that just kept jumping out to me when Evander was talking. If you don't get behind, then you don't have to catch up. That was amazing to me. You know, I think that that's uh, a message for all of us to still use to this day, no matter what age we are. And the last one is listen, follow directions, and don't quit at any age, at any stage in life. Well said. The stories we all hear are as varied as the people who tell them. Each time I hear someone's personal account, I do not frame it as something that was more horrible than my own story or something that was not as bad as what I went through. It's impossible to discount the impact of any one singular experience. To the person who lived it, that story is just as devastating as any other. I ask you to use your story to give others hope. It's quite liberating to move beyond your past. Don't keep your story to yourself and allow it to eat away at you. Instead, consider how your experience can benefit somebody else. Your story may be just what it takes to help someone in your circle or in our community. To get through a tipping point moment, an instance when that person either chooses to continue to be a victim or when that person finds the strength to transcend a particular situation. Please subscribe to our show. Visit lifestough.com and be sure to join us every week for a stimulating hour of heartfelt discussion. Remember, everyone has a story. As we close, I'd also like to thank the POI Institute as a Life Tough sponsor. The POI Institute is a private, luxurious, holistic detox center located in gorgeous Cabo San Lucas on Mexico's Baja California Peninsula. POI offers safe, medically focused Ibogaine detox treatments. Thanks for listening and have a great week. This is Dustin Planhol signing off for Life's Tough. You can be tougher. <laughs>